Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this week's edition of Woodman Corner, the West Bromwich Albion podcast that has not watered the pitch ahead of recording. Uh, thank you for joining us. I am Graham Brown, and this week I am uh, joined by a uh, regular columnist, uh, Kieran Dudek. Hi, Graham. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I think for the first time ever, uh, West Midlands football royalty, Greg Evans. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Graham. Very happy to be here. Well, it's exciting times that we that we uh, we have you on board. Uh, so, Greg, uh, Greg uh, is is probably best known as as writer for Villa, but he's, he's covering uh, he covers all of our clubs and has uh, lots of insights into all of them, as as we're about to find out. And um, this week, we're going to talk uh, all about Darren Moore. He's the man of the moment. He's um, he is uh, he's certainly proving to be um, better than Alan Pardew, and on that basis, making him a human. Uh, but he's doing very well for, for the Albion. Uh, we're going to have a look at, back at the Liverpool game. We're going to talk about the idea of Darren Moore being the next Albion manager and um, just have a look, little look at about what he had to say about Jay Rodriguez, which I think is another interesting point. So, uh, the Liverpool game. Kieran, what did you think? Um, obviously an improvement, and never side die attitude. Uh, do you know what is concerning? Though? The defence, it isn't. There's no. Um, they're not really concentrating. They're losing concentration every ten minutes. Yeah. And the first we could have won that game, I think. Other than I think the Danny Ings goal was a bit embarrassing from an album. Yes, absolutely, yeah. I mean they had three chances to clear the ball. So I think that's still an, an issue, but when you look at where we were before Darren Moore took over, it's like a different it's watching a different team, isn't it? So It'd be remiss of me not to point out the performance of Jake Livermore the week after yeah. I uh, I named him as a player that we're supposed to keep. Have you, have you been won over by Jake Livermore from that ninety minutes? I have. Do you know what? As good as he was against Man United, he actually looked like a different player against Liverpool. He was controlling midfield like he was. <laughs> well, he won the player I've watched for the last nine months. Put it that way. It's, it's almost like Alan Pardew didn't know what he's doing. But I think he makes a good point, Greg. <laughs> I think it's been said a lot before about the, the role of Evans in making Hagazi look like anything like a Premier League defender. I think you could probably throw Gibbs into that. You could certainly throw throw Dawson into that, and, and then the balance shifts a bit with him out of the team. And then you think about over the summer whether you're going to lose Gibbs and so on. I mean, do you, what, what do you think about the make, that makeup of the Albion defence now and potentially next season? Well, unfortunately, I mean, I, I like the look of the Albion defence at the moment. I think it's going to be completely. Uh, obliterated over the summer. Yeah. Evans is obviously going to go. He's going to have a. He's going to have his choice of clubs, which is incredible, really. He's had a bad season. He's had an awful season. I mean, he's just you know. Let's be honest. He's a decent player. We we, we know that. We've seen it over the years. But he's had a bad season. The mm. bottom of the league. He's played almost every game, and he's partly to blame for it. Yet every bloody club in the country won him. Yeah. Um, there so, you say. Yeah. Harry doesn't want to go to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I mean, look. Fair play. If you can get it, then you know, take it on. Uh, he's, he's shown over the years. That he's a solid defender. Maybe this maybe this year he's just been part of a bad team in a bad setup, um, and it hasn't worked out. I think Craig Dawson's probably been Albion's most consistent player over the course of the season. I'd have him down as um, 
probably my player of the season. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that he's a better. I think he's our he's West Bromwich Albion's best centre half, best defender. I think that the clubs uh, in the Premier League should be looking at him more than Johnny Evans, to be honest. Uh, and I think they will. They'll well, terrifyingly, both have clauses. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's um, kind of on the horizon. So yeah, I mean, whether whether Albion can keep hold of Gaza, oh, and you know, let, let's hope so. Um, that can build some sort of stability. Where uh, do you land on Hagazi? So I think it's good. We we. we this podcast has become a bit of a Ghazi moan fest because it happens neither me nor Kieran like <laughs> but, it, it, but we need some balance I mean, what, what, how do you find him? yeah up and down really I think that I think that he's he's probably better as a backup centre half yeah I would have liked to have seen maybe Dawson and Evans together a bit more yes that would have been interesting um, if the two of them had played together could the results have been a little bit different you know I don't know but um uh, going back to Hagazi, I, I think he's, he's probably Albion's third best defender. Funny enough, the thing I have to say about Hagazi is he strikes me as a mid, as a defender that would work in a back three, but not a back two. I know in the past you've you've, you've rightly pointed out that actually that central back three role requires um, concentration, which is really his concern. But you've had this kind of Albion have really had a history of these kind of big bulky defenders that work great in a back three Darren Moore being one of them mm. Thomas Gard so, but, but you put them in a back two and they look kind of more questionable and we've had this endless theme of Johnny Evans has been has been kind of digging him out I, just, I, I have often thought that if I've been ever go to back three might just prolong Higazi's career particularly in the championship potentially uh, what do you think about another player that constantly comes up here is Rondon I mean obviously sitting in a good vein of form is one player that you could probably say improved under Pardew would you want to see him there next year? It's him or seventeen million quid. What would you prefer? Yeah, I mean, well, look, I think these strikers like Rondon. They come and go. I think that you can pick up another Rondon similar yeah. uh, for the same sort of price that Albin paid for him. Um, but at the same time, he's scored what he's into double figures now, isn't he? In the Premier League, mm-hmm. Rodriguez the same's got eleven goals. So for a struggling team that. Both strikers have got hit double figures, which yeah. you know you, you've got to say fair play to them in a way. They they haven't they haven't been except they haven't performed exceptionally well, but for strikers who haven't really had much service, especially under Pulis, they've gone and hit double figures in a season. I think that's it. For, I mean, you're the ideal person to ask this as, as someone who watches a lot of Championship football, and <clears throat> hopefully, will someone who continue to watch champ, Championship football next year if you follow Villa. Um, the uh, what? Do you, how do you think they compare? I, I was looking at the top scorers in the championship of the day, and they're almost in their championship team of the year. And I think, Christ, none of those strikers are getting our team. I mean, how do you think yeah. Rondon and Rodriguez compare to you know, the top? You know, Vidra and they um, will. I think they would absolutely tear it up. Rondon, yeah. Rondon and Rodriguez as a pairing, I think they would. They would. They would tear it up. The, they would tear up the division. I think one of the players that is quite similar to Rondon in some respects I think he's Lewis Graben at Villa Yes, uh, who's obviously on loan at Villa from Bournemouth played for Sunderland in the first half of the season he's got 19 goals uh, now from watching him I think he's actually a better player than I thought he was before mm-hmm. but from but Rondon is much better than Graben and I think he'd get more goals than him really? um, yeah and when you look at the top goal scorers in, in the championship this season got Vidro's up there had a great season. Terrible for Albion, wasn't he? Didn't didn't do anything. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I've seen enough of him to know he's, he's, he's a limited player. I mean, I mean, he's had a good season, but he would, I still don't think he'd go into the Premier League and do anything. No, well, yeah, well, this is it. I mean, he's had his chance in the Premier League, hasn't he? he hasn't really shown that he's that type of player. Um, but 
if you look at Rodriguez and Rondon, as I say, I'm going back to it again, but they've hit double figures yeah. in the Premier League, so I think they'll at least double their tally in the Championship. So we're going to come back to Rodriguez later on in the, in the podcast because he's a, a talking point at the moment. But to get back to the uh, to the Liverpool um, game, so we had uh, we had that what will become an infamous uh, rant from Jurgen Klopp at the end of it. Kieran, what are your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp at the moment? Do you know what? Do you want to know the best thing about that argument? Our two goals actually came when it was raining. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is insight. I'm, I just don't understand what it is. And the other thing was, his build up, Liverpool build-up play wasn't exactly quick. I mean, other than Salah's goal and one or two other occasions, they were really slow through the middle. Of the yeah, middle. yeah. So I just I don't buy that argument at all. I think he's just blaming everyone but himself. You got any time for Jurgen Klopp, Greg? I've got time for him as a manager. I think I think what he said about Albion's a bit out of order. It sounds like he's a really bitter sour loser, to be honest. And yes. um, I'll be cheering for Roma tonight because of that. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, um, a lot of people are making the same point on uh, on social media. It seems slightly class that that, that, that kind of li- a little time on from Albion tearing up the seats and the and the ground and putting in um, red seats. You know, the, the next time they come, you you get that from a Liverpool manager. And being honest, I mean. Don't get me wrong, Albion are going down, but it's, we don't need, they don't need the points any more than we do, really. They're, they're not going to finish top and they're going to finish in the top four. We're going to finish bottom. <laughs> what, what, what point was he ever really making? You know, I, I, And he's not the first one. That, that we had the um, not shaking hands with Tony Pulis and stuff as well. I've got to say, he's someone who grates on me, you know, <laughs> from, from, a, from an Albion perspective. Uh, despite the fact though, he doesn't he doesn't moan too much, does he? You don't no. you don't see him moaning too much about silly things like the pitch. I mean that that's the worst thing I've, that's the worst excuse I've heard all season. Although sometimes you get this, like man- managers, there's kind of that kind of common view on them, and yet every if you if you were to boil it down, every other rival club, you know, like, a bit like um, Sam Allardyce, you know, there, there's a, there's kind of an, a a a a national view that he's this sort of a bloke, and you know, you know, he likes to drink and blah blah blah. But actually, if you were to ask anyone and any club they'd have some reason to dislike him and I think Klopp might be like I don't know I'm not I'm surmising this but I just wonder if you went to everyone he's probably been rude about everyone it's just it was <laughs> it was funnier to talk about his bouncy um, celebration then. anyway while we talk about Klopp so, so this is uh, this is the audio that we took from him uh, from his rant after and we let the home team decide if they water the pitch or not it's not only for football it's, a, it's also dangerous for injuries if, you, if the pitch is not if they really Try it's difficult, so but it's all like this. Uh, I would I wouldn't have talked to be one of the I wouldn't have um, I would have said nothing about that <laughs> probably, probably if you would have won. But it's all what you see during the game. We are in charge. We try to do not a brilliant game, but a for sure good enough game to win here in a difficult situation. They won last week. United full of confidence. Finally, accept or accepted that obviously the whole club accepted that they probably will play championship next year. So crowd was behind the team. It all makes life a little bit more difficult. Um, but we, I thought really we did well with it. Very few changes. We had um, the boys who came in. They all can play better, but they don't have rhythm. Eh? So um, and that's normal. And I thought they did really well. Um, and for the end, you need always and have a little bit of luck. And obviously, we didn't have. A little bit of luck, not even uh, the little bit of luck today, and that's why it's now a draw, and now we have to take it, and let's carry on. So, uh, so back to uh, Darren Moore. This is why we, we're here today. Uh, so, should uh, should Darren Moore be Albion's next manager, or should he be in the running? Kieran, what do you think? Well, um, he's obviously helped his chances, hasn't it? I think that with Albion, we've tried the tried and tested, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> so maybe it is time to try something different. I think. The club was struggling because of there was such a disconnection between the fans 
and the board. It was apathy amongst the players as much as the fans as well. And I think he's come in, he's got, it's very rare you're going to get a manager with such a role for a club. I mean, he's local, he's from Handsworth. He, played, he, he scored the goal that took us to the Premier League in the first place. Mm-hmm. And he loves the club and I just... My only concern with him is this is the biggest turnover of players the club's going to go through in about 20 years, I think. Yeah. With his experience, is he the right man to do it? Mm. And it's not just that. The love he's got for the club and the fans have got for him. Say if it went wrong and we get rid of him. So It's not fair, is it? So for the real... I mean, just to, just to absolutely reiterate everything you said, I think exactly the same. So I've said many times on this podcast before that ignore the, the, the fact that someone has played for a team before I said it about Appleton and Mickinson is not a factor for me it's not a factor Darren Moore does slightly move this and if you were to for instance say that Darren Moore is going to be the next LB manager and Gary Megson is going to be the next assistant manager I would probably bounce around alongside <laughs> everyone else I don't think it's going to happen but, uh, but, but I could probably get on board with that but I think you're right I think this next the next role is I think a lot of things about the next role. Firstly, I think the next person manager that Albion recruit will probably be sacked in the next six months, and that's a shame. I think the next manager Albion get are there is there Roberto Di Matteo. We'll come to you in a minute, Greg, because you know more about that than anyone. And I think history says that you know we're going down with expectations of being one of the better teams and and, and so on. When actually we're going to have our squad ravaged. We've just got rid of Richard Garner. We'd already got rid of our chairman and chief executive. We haven't got a manager. There's every reason to think we'd struggle. And actually, being honest. Um, Overperformance next year is probably been in the top half, but that's that, that that doesn't accord to the expectation of fans. For that reason, I think the next manager will be sacked. I think it'd be a shame if that was Darren Moore. The 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 argument for him, and again, I don't think it should be him, is that um, when we talk about the turnover place, he might ameliorate that a bit. Let's use Rondon as an example. I don't think Rondon's going to stay, but the most likelihood he would stay is if Darren Moore was there, I guess. And I'll say the same thing with Livermore. I think there's going to be a lot of interest in. Dawson potentially a lot of these players I still think they'll probably go and again be interested to see what you think about this Greg but I think if there's any chance if Albion want to build around an idea of let's keep our squad and go up again next season he's probably the most interesting um, candidate from that perspective he's probably the most loved bloke at the club isn't he yeah. Yeah. especially no. amongst the players and historically that's, yeah. that's the argument why I know it's Manchester United and Liverpool but this bounce he's given us is because he's so loved yeah. you know, there's no proof that it's on his technical ability because it's been two games, so I think we're going above ourselves, really. That said, you do get you get you get a lot of feedback from people who uh, who say that everything's a lot better organised than under Pardew, but I think that says more about Pardew oh. than it does about me. So, Greg, <laughs> so what do you, do, Greg, what do you think? Should, should Darren Moore be our next manager, or should should he be in the running? He should definitely be in the running. Look, let's, let's not rule him out of it, of, um, of it at all. Um, Albion need experience somewhere in, in high positions. Yeah. Definitely, they will, when they when they get relegated to the championship, and let's be honest, it's inevitable, isn't it? Now, mm-hmm. um, they're going to need some experienced heads in there. Now, Darren Moore, as as lovely as a bloke as he is, and as much as he's got a bounce from 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 the players in, in current weeks, he's not got that experience. So, Albion will need to look at if they if they are considering appointing him as their manager, they need to get some sort of experience alongside him. Yeah. Whether they're going to, whether um, whether that will be in the form of uh, an experienced director of football and an experienced chairman, um, you know, to, to to do the running of the day-to-day club, or an experienced assistant manager, that that could be the way. Um, clearly, he's had some sort of an impact, and I think it'd be wrong to to rule him out because because I, I don't I, again I'm with you Graham. I don't I don't buy into the fact that because he was a good player and because he did well for the club before he can immediately be a good manager and, and a good um, 
and good for the club. But look, he knows the club. It is that is the natural progression for him. He, he's been working with the under twenty threes. I think we're not giving. It's Jamaican, yeah, but okay. We're not giving British-based players um, and former players a chance, are we? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been based in England all his all his life, so I'm clashing with British rather than Jamaican. But um, <laughs> we're not giving these British-based play- uh, managers a chance, are we? We're, we're we're very quick to pull them in from abroad. And, yeah. And 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 look, you know, he's done he's done his time in the trenches. He's he's, he's studied his badges. He's worked with the young kids. Um, he knows the he knows the kids coming through. It might be a good time for him, but I mean, would Darren Moore settle for a place as number two, like Michael Appleton does at Leicester? Yeah. You know, would 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 he would he be in a, in a good place to to be that man? My best guess is he would. Just I just thinking about that as you, as you said it. Um, there's another strand to that I guess, which is that if, if you to ask me, my favourite thing about Albion ever, and you know, I didn't see it, but my favourite thing about Albion. Is probably that three degrees era and the role that the club played in changing football. Do you have any degree of thoughts along that line about how about about the idea of having a black manager, about the idea of, of, the, of it being in a crisis at the moment, black, black management, and the idea mm. that Albion would almost that they wouldn't play the role they played before, but that, that we'd be uh, it would be solving a problem in the same way as we solved a problem before. Would that factor into your thought at all? It, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it, to to to, to for Darren Moore to encourage. Uh, um, an influx of black managers because we are missing them clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there, there are more white the managers than blacks, you know, it, yeah. than black managers. It's it's incredible, but um, you know, it'd be great for for Darren Moore to to, to, to be almost a you know as a pioneer of, of you know of that. Yeah, um, a is a, a, a fantastic bloke. You know, no one will ever say a bad word about him. He's, he's from the, from the area that I'm from, Solihull. So mm-hmm. I see him regularly, interact with him regularly. I know that his um, his church community think very highly of him. Um, so you know, he's, he, if he does get the job, it's not going to a nicer bloke. Everyone always <laughs> says the same thing. He's humbling, and, and, and I, I, it is like meeting Darren Moore. I, I really do feel like it's a uh, it's like it's an experience. You don't you kind of don't forget. It's this big, massive bloke, but, but, <laughs> but lovely guy. So, so, to get, so, so on that point, Albion as a as a as a kind of pioneer of of black players and now again I'm not calling them pioneer of black managers but, but you know being part of that do, do you have any resonance for that at all? I think obviously the club prides itself on the role of the player but they fell into it they didn't plan it did they? No no So I think to base a decision around him being you know one of few black managers would be a disservice to him I think um, you know Albion the local community is very ethnically diverse mm-hmm. it'd inspire a lot of kids it'd be great for the club I just think it shouldn't, that shouldn't be in anyone's mind. I think the should no. base, especially how well he's done. I think we should base it on the fact that he's, you know, like I said, he's worked towards his badges. Yeah. He's done his time with the under twenty threes. I think that should govern that decision more. Yeah, no, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. So, so I mean, I'm about to. Um, I have not given you one second to prepare for this question, but it just struck me while you're here. You know, someone who, who covered Villa as they as they went down and coming back, going through the same process. So you've been with that club at the, at the same point as, as Albion are about to, sh- to to go through this. What do you think of the big pitfalls for Albion now in the, in the next season in, in the Premier League? Is it is it um, sorry in the Championship? Is it is it got like massive turnover of players? Is it um, what are, what are the what are the um, things Villa did wrong that Albion need to learn from? Yeah, well, I'll move on to Villa ever so soon after. But I'll just look back at Albion's previous relegations. Now they had they had people on board that that knew. What they were doing, sort of, when Albion were going up and down, and were known as that yo-yo club. It was part of the plan, wasn't it? Almost, yeah, yeah. yeah those now, those guys moved on, haven't they? So it's a, it's a completely different regime now. If I look back at Albion, when I remember when they got relegated previously, 
sold the likes of Kumas, um, um, Curtis Davis, uh, a couple of other players as well. And I, I always remember looking at those players, they never went on to do anything better no. after they left Albion. Now, will this be a case with the current squad that they've got? Will they offload players and they never ever get any better than they have been at Albion? Interesting, we'll, we'll never know with that um, you know, until it obviously happens. But with Villa, looking at Vi when Villa got relegated, um, they had to, it was a mass exodus. They cleared out all the deadwood, all the players that underperformed in the Premier League. Villa had gone down the route of buying players um, from abroad and from, from France and from Spain in particular uh, and trying to make that work. It didn't work, they had to get rid of them. Um, when you look at a lot of Albion players, a lot of them are British based, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So if they can keep that core together, um, then, then I think they might be okay like in previous years but if they do lose a lot of their players the key is to get a couple of experienced players in um, try and blend some of the youth players in that have had a little bit of a taste of it already um, but not rely too much on it I think it, it is all about experience look at Villa they, Albion are going, they're going to struggle this, that, those first couple of months yes. because of the turnover of squad um, it happened to Middlesbrough this season they got relegated lost a lot of players bought a lot of players in mm -hmm. didn't hit the ground running and are now struggling to make the playoffs Villa were the same last year finished 13th in the end um, just because they get relegated from the Premier League it used to be the time when, like when you look back at Steve Bruce's time when he was manager of Birmingham City for example mm -hmm. when they got relegated he would Bruce would simply buy the best players in the Championship or League 1 um, and then that'd be enough to get them up. It's not now. The championship's such a level playing field. Yes. So many good teams in yeah. there with so much money. I mean, you look. You look at, for example, this season, Fulham or Villa. One of them two are going to stay down, so they're going to be a strong competitor next season. Um, then you've got all the other teams that are in and around the playoffs, Middlesbrough and, and Derby. They all can't go up, so they're all going to be strong next season with with a lot of money behind them. Yeah. And then you've got the three, the two of the Premier League clubs going down with Albion. Southampton, if they go down, they're notorious for producing young kids. Um, Stoke, Stoke are in a brilliant position to bounce back. Stoke, they've, got, yeah. they've got independent wealth. And it's, like, it's, it's just going to be such a slug for Albion. They need to, which is why I firmly believe they need to have experience to get them through. No, I'd absolutely agree. So, so, so what we talk about um, about Darren Moore, one of the one of the things I wonder if he's um, not doing, which is would be an irony really, where he's come from, is um, progressing towards next season well enough. So, so all of us accept Albany going down. In fact, I think we'd all probably accept it happens this weekend, um, but it'll happen soon. Uh, in the meantime, we haven't seen any of Sam Field, Jonathan Leco, Harper. We're not seeing these players on the pitch. Um, I've talked before that I think he's doing certain things that probably will um, uh, bode well for the future. Livermore being an example, you know, if we can make some sense of him, he's, he'd be a, a, a brilliant advantage. But what do you think, uh, uh, given that we can write off these games, as, as Jurgen Klopp points out to us, should we, um, should we be seeing these players? The reason why Moore's done so well is he didn't write us off. Yes. I, mean? yeah. I think everyone's assumed we're down for a good three months now, showed in the performances. And Moore's come in, he said, one game at a time, we're not relegated yet. But look at the performance we made, so I think to knock him for giving kids a chance looking to head to next season is wrong because he hasn't he still hasn't given up on this season and that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. He's given us a bit of pride even if well when we do go down, so you can't really knock him for trying to get points out of every game. Yeah. Because this season's still ongoing, we haven't got the red eye yet, so why give up? What do you think, Greg? Very good point, actually, that Kieran makes there. Yeah, I remember doing Darren Moore's first press conference at um, 
before the Swansea game, and all he was focusing on there were so many questions fired at him about what 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 lies in store for the future, what lies in store for you in the future, what, what's happening with the club, why has it all gone wrong, and all he all his focus up what uh, all his focus was on the Swansea game. Yeah, and that's been the same for every press conference. His focus was then on the Man United game, then it was on the Liverpool game, and you know, isn't lost yet. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's frustrating. It's been the guy hasn't lost as a manager. It's crazy. He must be. He must be on top of the world. But in some ways, but at the same time, he does feel that you know he 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 he's been a, he's been around that club all season when it's been going wrong. So he knows that it's been a bad place to be at. Um, what was the question? <laughs> the kids. <laughs> the kids. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to go back on 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 the, um, mention Aston Villa so much in in this podcast, but. Again, it's a very similar situation to when Villa got relegated. Eric Black was the manager at the time who was called in to take charge of the last seven games mm-hmm. at Villa. Um, Darren Moore's had the same situation at Albion. And, and I remember at the time all the Villa fans calling, just play the kids, play the kids. The first team have done useless, been useless all season. Play the kids, play the kids. He didn't. He, 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 he played a couple of them. Um, and, and, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out for Villa. They hardly got another point anyway. Um, I think what Moore's got to be thinking of is a bit of everything. He'll be thinking collectively about his points accumulation. Mm-hmm. Whether it, you know, he, he wants, to, he obviously wants to, pro- he wants to be a manager in the future, doesn't he? So yeah. The fact that he's got four, uh, five points from from four games and he's unbeaten, that you know, he wants to put his strongest team out. Um, he'll know all about Field and Leco because he's trained them and worked with them every day um, for the under 23s but. I think he'll only introduce him when he feels it necessary. No, I think that's right. And I, I think there's probably something I didn't say that Darren Moore's done for next season, which is probably the most important thing he can do, which is that, you know, at the end of a run of 29 games with one win, he's amended that run, and th- yeah. that's probably the most important thing you can bounce yeah. into next season. So I've got two clips here from Darren Moore, which perfectly segues us into the next bit of the podcast, which is to talk about Jay Rodriguez. So first is him answering the question about whether or not he wants the manager's job and what he thinks about that. And the second is what he had to say about Jay Rodriguez. The, um, the, 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 when I came in and stepped in, it was um, the remainder games, uh, six games was left. Uh, and as I said, I'll do, I'll just continue um, working with the boys. You know, I'm first team coach, uh, been asked to step into this position and I'm working with the, with the lads. Um, they've, been, they've been excellent, uh, as they always are. Um, it's probably not something that I can comment after six games because... Um, there's a lot of hurdles before any anything like that. So all I'm just looking at, and I think the, the rightful thing for us all here at the football club to do is just focus on the Swansea game. Um, like anything in time, time will take care of of the rest. Uh, delighted for Jay. Um, really, really pleased for him um, in what's been a difficult week for him. But for him to get the goal, he, he's shown his um, his class and character. I thought he showed his composure when having to deal with it uh, off the field um, and, and he's been a, a huge player uh, for us and, and, and we at the football club um, I've, I've supported him and, and stood by him and, and we're just pleased that it's something um, that he can put, put to rest now and continue and continue the good form that he's showing. As much as he's tried to carry on, can you sense that a weight has now been lifted from his shoulders? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, for 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 Jay, really, it really is. Um, you know, I speak on Jay as an individual. He's, he's a wonderful uh, man with integrity, um, honesty, and um, and he's sincere, really. And 
I'm really pleased for him. Uh, his form's continued, and um, and as I said, you know, it's something that he can um, uh, lay to rest now and continue uh, with the remaining games. Okay, so uh, so that's great. So, so let's have a talk about Joe Rodriguez now. Then um, he's uh, he's in form. He's uh, he's a guy who's who's um, competing at Premier League level. He's a guy who I think doesn't have a clause, and he's a guy who. His agents on this podcast previously has said yes, he's not looking to leave. Uh, that said, we've reported in the in the past few days uh, of Burnley's interest, which we know to have been concrete in the past. So I think it's very, very likely you're going to get Premier League interest in Jay Rodriguez. So I, the first question I'd ask you to is, would you accept selling Jay Rodriguez at any price? <laughs> I, I like him. I think I think he's hit some decent form. I'd yeah. like to see him staying out, but it's... it's difficult isn't it it's going to be so hard to keep him I think because if you look at from New Year's Eve he scored eight goals now so uh, in all competitions which is not a bad turnaround really um, I think there'll be Premier League clubs looking at him he's obviously played in the Premier League done it in both divisions um, it could be great for Albin if they could keep him yeah because if what you got to think Graham if they if they sell him they've then got to find someone who's better than him yeah and meanwhile I mean, keep, keep banging so hard Keep banging on about the spine. We're going to lose Evans and Dawson probably. We're, good, we're certainly we, we'd hope to lose Barry. We're certainly going to lose Kokoria. <coughs> you're likely to lose uh, Rondon. You're not going to keep Sturridge. Right down that middle, you're you're losing players, and Rodriguez just adds to that list. So, and I'm, I think you're right. So, because so, um, you think of the strikers, say it's how Robson Canoe's been linked with what Olympiacos has needed in, in in this week. Please God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we don't know what will happen with him. Um, then you've got Rondon. Um, Rodriguez could potentially lose all three. Yeah, and it's like you, 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 it's your strikers. You're only as good as your strikers are in the championship. I think we need four yeah. solid strikers um, as the top as the top clubs show. You know, look at Wolves this season getting promoted. They they got a phobia in in in, um, in January to enhance what they already had. Yeah, yeah. and Card. I mean, Cardiff bought Medine six million quid. They're playing. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, you need that kind of backup. So, what do you, what do you care? Is there, is there a price for Joe Rodriguez? Should there be should the, the absolute core of it that they that they don't lose him? So, I think it is the most important player to keep, just because. I, I mean, I'm repeating myself, but all year when he's gone, in, he's hit a run of form and he gets dropped out of the team. I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. He could have had so many more goals this season if he had a run. Not just that, he's the most natural goal scorer. And then when you're playing behind in a three, he's the one bringing the midfield up to meet Ronda, who oh, he's so far apart but without him. It'd just be so, the diversity of him as well in the championship, because you're going to get injuries. It's just, it'd be, like, we can't afford to lose him, but with him being a Burnley lad, I've got a whole feeling. So I think, especially with them in the UEFA Cup and so on, I think that's right. The, the, that's that's the principal thing I would say. I said it before, so again, I equally repeat myself. Is that when you've got a new manager coming in, Jay Rodriguez is one player, almost more than any player I've ever known play for Albion. He can play for so, in so many positions that it's inconceivable that manager couldn't find use in him. He can play wide. He can, I've actually never. I, I, I might be overstating this. I have, a, I have a habit of doing this. I can't ever remember anyone bridging that gap between midfield and attack <laughs> as well as he's done That's in the last few games. No. It's incredible that it, 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 he is a functioning midfielder, a functioning striker. I don't even know he manages to do it. He runs a lot. That's not the case. Exactly what we missed last season, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Last half. Very Albion winning season. So, so let's say, let's put put it another way. What is the price that is acceptable to lose Jay Rodriguez? If you had to, what, what's, what's the figure? <sighs> it's just so difficult with fees these days, isn't it? I just you never know who's worth what anymore. Yeah. The fees are just so ridiculous. I, I think. 
the way I simply look at it is if you sell, if you sell if you sell Rodriguez, you then have to get a replacement. Yeah. So whatever money you're getting for him, you've got to look to be able to get two strikers in in replacement. I'd, I'd say. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely and then, agree. And then, and then how, how do you get a striker? Because you, you've got like Scott Hogan, Aston Villa's going for 12 million. You've got Gary Medine, 6 million. Yeah. I mean, you know, Britta Sombolonga, what was he, 13, 14 million? You know, a standard championship striker now for a top half team is 14, 15 million. So with all that in mind, with the, with the UEFA Cup <laughs> team cooking with him, I, 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 there, were, there were 10 sides of which I think eight were Premier League teams wanted him when Albion bought him. I think if his stock should have gone up. I'm going to throw it out there, we shouldn't be selling for less than 25 million quid. It's, it's, it's got to be it's as mad as it sounds. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rodriguez is easily 20, isn't it? Especially well, when the fact that he's English is a big selling point as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's an international, well, it was an international. Well, on the, on the infinitesimal um, likelihood that Jared Rodriguez is one of the thousands of people that listen to this podcast, <laughs> I'd like to say, Jay, please, please stay. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> please, please stay, Jay. Please stay. You can come. You can, <laughs> you can come on the podcast. We'll be nice to you. Um, Right, gents, thank you so much for, for joining us this week. It's, uh, it's much appreciated. It's been great for, for the rarity of this season to actually be able to talk about a game and not have to hide about it. So thank you also to Darren Moore for doing that. Uh, as ever, we really appreciate you, be, you, you coming and listening to us. If there's anything about this podcast you didn't like, let us know. If there's anything you do like, let us know. If you want to come on it, give me a shout. You know where to find me. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week on Woodman Corner. Yeah.